So there we go. Who enjoyed the Jenga? That was good fun, wasn't it? Who was thinking, I'm sorry, this isn't right. This, is, this feels a bit wrong, playing games in church. Or who thought I totally lost the plot to be playing Jenga in church? Well, um, has anybody worked out the, the reason why we might have been playing Jenga this afternoon? Any, any offerings on what the Bible passage might be today? The Tower of Babel. Yeah, well done, Amy. You've got it. <laughs> so it might be a passage you're familiar with. I don't know. But I'm going to read it to us just now. It is found in Genesis chapter 11, and it's just nine verses, verse 1 to 9. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar, and they settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we're going to be scattered over the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us confuse their language so they won't understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. And that is why it was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. So there it is. Who's heard the story before? Yeah? I've heard it. I've heard it. I've probably been taught it at some point. But to be honest, I'm not sure, um, funnily enough, that I'd read it much. Kind of, it's not one of those go-to passages for me. So I, uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take a fresh look at this. And actually, it has been really joyous to kind of look and delve into this story, kind of known, but actually surprising. And so that's what I hope today, that as we look at it, we too will be surprised, and we will learn from it, and we will hear God through it. So does that sound good? Yes, yes. So let's look first at the story in its context. It is basically a story from prehistory. And what that means is it was a story that took place before records began. And the location for the story is in Mesopotamia, which is an area in Southwest Asia. And it's that area that we understand human civilization began. And interestingly, there is actually lots of archaeological evidence and findings of such towers existing. There's about 25 or 30 
of these um, towers existing. So it's a credible story as well to an extent. So the Tower of Babel is the last story told in a section of the Bible, which is that prehistory that I told you about. It's 11 chapters, starts in Genesis chapter 1 and kind of ends with this story in Genesis chapter 11. And just as the other stories do, this one, like creation and the fall, like Cain and Abel, Noah and the flood, this one tells us more of what goes wrong. So do you like patterns? You're a pattern person? You're an order person? Do you like this neat and tidy or are you a bit messy? I don't know. Is it messy? (laughs) Well, anyway, I hope you like patterns because that's what I'm going to do today with the text is to look at some of the patterns there. And I'm going to draw some parallels as well. And I'm finally going to point out God's great plot twist. So I hope that sounds good. We're going to look at patterns, parallels, and then have a bit of a plot twist. Because who doesn't love a plot twist? So Genesis, that book at the start. Genesis chapter 1 starts with creation story. It starts with God creating order. We know it goes, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he created the sun and the moon. There is separation and distinction. There is order being made. And in contrast, this story, it ends in chaos and scattering. In creation account, God speaks And in this account, we speak. In the creation account, God says, let us make humankind. At Babel, humans say, let us make bricks. So in the creation account, God says, let us make humankind in our image. And at Babel, humans say, let us make a name for ourselves. So do you see the patterns? See, and here, man is wanting to make a name for himself. We are no longer content with the name that God gave us in the Genesis account, that name of being in God's image and being good. We want to make a name for ourselves. So are you getting the gist? The creation account ends with blessing. We're told to be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth. But in contrast, Babel ends with the people saying we must build so that we won't be scattered over the whole earth. And instead of blessing, the story ends with chaos and confusion, which is really, in essence, the very opposite of blessing, isn't it? So there you go. There's a few patterns there. And um, 
you know, we like patterns, don't we? But there's also got to be a point. We can't just endlessly look and marvel at these patterns. We want to know what is the point of this story? What is this story there for? What is it trying to tell us? So I've already said this story is there. It's kind of there to tell us where we've gone wrong. But I would want to ask, but hang on, what really is so wrong with wanting to build, wanting to build a tower? What was our great mistake? So to understand that, we look at a Hebrew perspective. This is the Hebrew scriptures. And the Hebrew word for sin is a word that we use, but it means transgression. The word's avira, and it means transgression. And the meaning of transgression is to go where we shouldn't go. It's to stray across boundaries. And in this instance, it's to stray across the boundaries that were set out by God. And this is what the Hebrew scholars believe this story is illustrating, that the first and most fundamental boundary was that differentiation between heavens and the earth. And this is one where mankind is striving to join the earth to the heavens. So God separates the heavens and earth, but we try and join it with this tower. And so God confuses their speech, we're told, so that they have to stop building the tower. But why did God confuse their speech? And hasn't that led to more division in the world? Has that not led to wars over land and territory, to racism, to all sorts of problems? Some people might see it like that. But here are my thoughts for what they're worth. Perhaps we were wrong to seek to reach the heavens. But I think God created us. And God's a creative God. We're made in the image of God. So surely the natural thing for us is to want to create and make something. You see, when a child um, is small, a child copies and they mimic their parents. And um, as they grow out of that, though, there eventually comes an end to that copying. And what you want for your child is to actually, at some point, stop copying you. And at some point, go a bit beyond and uh, no longer just do what you've done, but actually get set in motion and do, make their own decisions and be creative with their lives and do their own things. And so when God comes down in the story and sees what they've done and sees them striving to reach the heavens, in essence, I wonder if what he's seeing is that they're failing to reach their potential. They're perhaps just, just copying, in a sense, And so by confusing their language, I wonder if actually it's not so much a punishment, but it's actually 
God seeking to redirect their orientation, their direction of travel, which was to try and build up to the heavens. But actually, they were meant to have more of a horizontal view, if you like. They were meant to not just copy God. We were meant to go beyond and to fill the world with God's blessing. That was our original purpose. That was God's original intention and mandate for us. So I don't know about you, but I kind of look at those people and their strivings and look at our world today and I see some parallels and similarities with the way we behave. It might be an ancient story, but are things really that different today? You know, sadly, we continue to live contrary to how God intended. Sadly, despite a history of God working with us and of God walking with us, through all these stories told in Scripture, humans just can't seem to accept this history as truth. We don't seem to learn from our past and we instead seem to keep on repeating and making the same mistakes again and again. Patterns of behaviour. At Babel, people wanted to make a name for themselves. And isn't that just all anybody desires today? When we look around, people are obsessed with fame, with getting followers, with racking up hits on their social media sites, with making a name for themselves. And at Babel, people wanted to build towers and cities that reached the heavens. And our world, of course, is just full of these. Worse, though, we build walls that separate and divide and we mark out our territory so that we can dominate and control. And through that domination and control, we end up exploiting the poor and we end up exploiting and damaging the earth. So what are we going to learn from this story today? Is there any hope And what is God's response going to be to our constant desire as humans to dominate and control and to make a name for ourselves? Will we ever change? How will God deal with our sinful, repetitive, rebellious nature? Surely God should just give up on us. How will God sort this mess out once and for all? Well, there's got to be a happy ending, right? It's Sunday afternoon. You've got a busy week ahead. You've got to have some encouragement. And so you'll be pleased to know that there is good news. And it is in the form of this great plot twist. That great plot twist is this. Pentecost. 
So are you ready for me to just draw out a few parallels? Because like I did with the creation story in Babel, I now want to draw some parallels with Babel's story and Pentecost. So here we go. At Babel, they all gathered in one place to try and reach the heavens. At Pentecost, they were all gathered in one place. But the heavens came to earth. The Spirit of God came down. At Babel, God came down and confused the language. But at Pentecost, the Spirit of God came and they spoke in a different language. They spoke in tongues and languages that they all heard and understood. At Babel, humans made bricks from dust and they baked them in fire to make them hard. At Pentecost, Flames like tongues of fire settled on the people. In other words, the fire of God came down upon the humanity that God had created from the dust of the earth. And at Babel, they were scattered over the face of the whole earth. And since Pentecost, we have been commissioned to spread out to all the world with the good news. So that's God's response to our failure. That is God's response to our stupidity and our selfishness, to our greed. And it isn't to punish or confuse. It is to bless and unite. Isn't God's love, just so utterly incredible. God's grace, so wonderful. That God's response, when we relentlessly try to play at being God, try to seek to reach the heavens, it isn't to withdraw and make it harder for us, but it is to pour out the Holy Spirit on us, to affirm us, to love us, equip us, and empower us, to redirect us and put us back on track by giving us a new heavenly language that puts this repeating, repetitive story of Babel right once and for all. So when our desire is to be like God, perhaps from selfish ambition, God answers our longings by sharing divinity with us, by walking with us on the earth in Jesus, and by pouring out the Holy Spirit on us. So let's be encouraged by this story. Let's not get overwhelmed if we look around at our world and it all seems like it's going to pot. If we look at these stories, thousands of years old, and yet see the same mistakes and flaws at work in humanity today, because it's no surprise, humankind hasn't changed, but neither has God. God blessed us, God called us good, right from the very, very beginning, despite knowing our tendency towards sinfulness and our weaknesses.
God knows us, yet still loves us. So let us turn our gaze outwards to the earth, to our town and beyond, and let's receive what God wants to give us afresh. Let's receive the Holy Spirit. Let's get equipped to repair our broken world with the universal language of God's love. Amen. Let's pray. You know, Lord, when we get overwhelmed. You know, Lord, when our hearts aren't aligned to your ways. You're not a God of anger. You're a God of grace. And you just long for us to receive from you the things that are good for us. We know that your intention for this world is good. We know that you long to bless your creation. Just help us learn from these stories of old. Just help us hear afresh. Help us be at peace with who we are and who you've made us to be. Pray that you would fill us afresh with your spirit, that you would empower us in our weakness and our frailty, and that you would just fill us with your spirit today to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.